Good morning, everyone. We are continuing our series on Rosh Hashanah, and we're on day 15, and the topic today is, what is the topic of today? We just said, the topic of uh, yeah, playing with God hide and seek. And this is basically what we said where we're in the middle of discussing the idea that that uh, Rosh Hashanah is the recognition that Hashem is hidden, but our main service of Rosh Hashanah is to understand that He's hidden in order for us to bring Him back down into the world. I just want to remind you of uh, something I think that we spoke about in the past, because the Reverend Shabbat here brings over here the whole story with a king coming into the town with all different ministers. And um, he's coming in into town with all the with all the different ministers. And everybody is attracted to a different minister. There's one person over there that was a smart person, and he got attracted to the king himself. He said, All the ministers changed. This uh, the king by himself never changes. And the way the Reverend Shab explains this idea is that everybody gets distracted by other things but the king. That's the reason why there's idol worship going on in the world. Because idol worship are powers in the world, and when you get distracted by them, what is the meaning of getting distracted by them? The meaning of getting distracted by them is that you think that they have that you think that they have real power, that they're independent. Whereas if you're smart, you understand they're just like a hammer in the hand of the chopper, an ax in the hand of the chopper. And you don't, uh, you don't um, uh, um, attribute any powers to that, um, to that specific um, uh, method, to that specific uh, veneer, to that specific facade, to that specific uh, expression. The, the example that we used, I just, wanna, I just wanna go it over again uh, very quickly because I think it's a great idea for Shoshana. The, what the Baal Shem Tov says, it's printed in the book, told us Yaakov Yosef, Parshas Vayakel, on the portion of Vayakel, he quotes over there in the name of the Baal Shem Tov, um, uh, Moshal. Yesterday I only shared with you the promise of the Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov says that in the praise that we say every day for the splitting of the sea, the whole praise is basically talking about the victory. We're saying, God, you're the master of war. Your victory, you're, you're, you're victorious, your right hand, um, you lifted your right hand, and so on and so forth. So, the only piece of the Oz Yashir that talks about the problem about the predicament are the words Amar Oyev, the enemy said, Asig, Asig, I will catch them, Achalek, and I will, Amar Oyev, Edof, Asig, Achalek. The enemy said, 
I will run after them, I'll chase them, I will catch them, and I will spread the loot. I will disseminate the loot amongst the, amongst all the amongst all the the, the amongst all the uh, amongst all the soldiers. And this is the only part in the in the Shira that talks about the predicament. It talks about the the stress. It talks about the the enemy um, uh, running after us. And says the Baal Shem Tov that interesting enough that the the, the these words start with the Aleph. These five words start with the Aleph. Five Alephs, one after another, shows an unbelievable high revelation of God. And the Baal Shem Tov says, what's the idea? How is it possible that in the parts when they're talking about their trouble, when talking about their trials and tribulations, that's where God's name is hinted on such a high level <coughs> in the Shira, in the, in the praise that the Jews sing um, after splitting the sea. And the Baal Shem Tov says that that's the way really of bringing about salvation. That's really the way of bringing about the, 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 the godly blessing that should stop our predicaments. The way of doing that is The, the way of do, the, the way of doing that is by understanding that there's nothing but God. Just like the idea of hearing the smimer. When you don't see God, the first thing is we start thinking, oh, there's no God. God is hidden. But if you really understand that there's nothing but God and you don't see God, so you understand that the hiddenness, the obscurity, that by itself is God. In other words, you understand that by that by itself that your wife doesn't want to come out of the room is because she's crying out for a relationship. So you see in that by itself a relationship. She's crying for a relationship. And the Volshevtov goes ahead and gives a beautiful, beautiful um, muscle. The Volshevtov says, that that what um, and I, I want to do it quickly because I think I already said this, Marshall. There was once a king that wanted to see the loyalty of his nation, uh, the loyalty of his citizens. So he gets a professional orator and he hires him to start a coup against the king. So that uh, orator starts going around from time to time and tr uh, from town to town, and he's um, and he is uh, in where he, he's arriving. He's, hey, arriving okay. to, to, he's arriving to different cities, and he is uh, when he's there, um, he starts he starts talking against the king. He wants to start a revolution. He wants to start a coup against the king. And um, there's it says the Baal Shem Tov, There's three different types of cities. One type of city are the guys that fall for him. They're fools, so they fall they fall for it. They they just say, you know. You know, we um, we um, we have to um, 
we have to fight this king, and they join the coup, and they, and they fight the king. The second town are the Fermis. The, the Fermis say, what, you're talking about the king? So they start taking bats and, 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 uh, and stones, and they drive them out of town, do chutzpah How dare you talk about against, uh, against our beloved king? And that, these, are the, these are the Fermis, that the whole lives, they're fighting temptations, and they're fighting... And, and they're and they're like trying to be very strong, not to lose their faith in God, and so on and so forth. It says the Baal Shem Tov is the third town. The third town; those are the smart cookies. These are the smart people. The guy starts. The guy starts talking against the king. So they look at each other, and they say, "Oops, something doesn't make any sense over here. No one talks against the king in our country. Who would be so ridiculously stupid to start a coup against the king?" Everybody loves the king. The king is found everywhere. Everybody has a relationship with the king, really. It doesn't, something, something doesn't add up. And they're thinking very, very quickly. And they say, ooh, it must be the king hired this guy in order to check our loyalty. And they say, whoa, hooray, we have over here an emissary of the king. We have over here a shriach, the king, to came, to, that came in the name of the king to check on us. The king wants to know how loyal we are. Tonight, nine o'clock, there's a big for bringing with the shriach of the king. Everybody bring all the food from your house, all the l'chaim from your house, and we're going to bring tables and celebrate in city center the, the love of the king to us that he wants to see how much we love him. And the guest speaker is no, no, no less than that emissary. That emissary is great. He's a shliach of the king. Maybe he has a message from the king. Maybe he could tell us how the king is doing since he spoke to the king lately. That night, nine o'clock, everybody comes to city center and celebrates, and, and they celebrate love of the king. And they ask him to speak. What do you think? He's going to talk against the king. That's it. Once you busted his veneer, once you busted the mask, he can't hide anymore. And that's where the Bolshemtov says that when you realize that you have a pain, you have a tzara, your lack of money, lack of health, lack of anything, lack of children, lack of shidduch, you understand that that by itself is God, promises the Bolshemtov that the problem will cease to exist the second you realize that that by itself is another manifestation of God. Now you wonder, like, why do you need to be smart for it? Because that's the way we function. We are very childish when it comes to understanding relationships and that we think that relationships are only found when it's light, when, 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 when it's illuminated, when we see it, when we feel it. It's a bit similar. We act a bit similar to babies. Babies have a tendency, it's pretty universal, that when a baby, when you want to make a baby smile, or you want to make him, um, you want to test the baby, you go over, you put your hands on your face, and you say, uh, where is Tati, where is Tati, where is Tati? And then you take off your hands and you say, Opa, here is Tati. Why can't you do this for a child that is uh, already, I think he can't do it after 18 months, he can't do it anymore. Why? Very simple, because when you become a bit older, you understand that this, your hands, the kid understands the hands are also tati. So what did he think before that? 
Before that, he thought that only the face is tati. When the face is covered, where is tati? When everything is good in our lives, that's like seeing God's face, God's smile. When we don't see God, it's not something but God. There is nothing but God. It's God's back of his hands. So you don't see him, but he's still there. So that is the hide and seek. That is the hide and seek. Hashem hides. Easier said than done. I have to be honest with you. It's very hard when we don't see God. But the, but the fact is that there's nothing but God. So the concealment, the darkness, that is also a manifestation of God. If there would be something but God, like the Christians say, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not your professional in Christianity, and I don't want to do the comparison of religions. But like one of the things that the, the, the Christians are like so into is, uh, oh, there's hell, and there's like Satan, and Satan has a kingdom, and Satan is like this, Satan is like that. And then when you open up a Psalm 23, and you tell them, hello, King David says, even if I go in hell, I'm not afraid because you are, you are with me in hell. Even pastors, I think, like you could throw them off with that. Like, what are you guys talking about? Hell? What's the big deal? Hell, it's painful. No one says that it's not painful. No one, no one, wants, no one wants a ride and it's not nice to send someone to hell, right? But is there anything but God? Like, is there some kingdom of Satan? Like, hello? What are you talking about? Even in hell, God is found. How? That's really the other question. We just explained it, that there's a concept of concealment, that that's also God. But there's nothing but God. This is one uh, extreme expression by some Hasidim said the, the, the Hasidic hell is cooler than the other Ganadin. I don't know, uh, it's a bit, this is a, this is a saying that has to be said after a lot of L'chaim. What does it mean the, the Hasidic hell ha is more than the other Ganadin? Better than the other paradise, because there's more God over there. That, 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 was, the, that was the message that Hasidim used to uh, like to say. Again, it's, it's said after some L'chaim and, and uh, the special, special moods. But we are in that type of mood <laughs> after wondering about COVID-19 and the whole lockdown going on over here. So, so you could sit at home and feel a connection and you could be in shul and just think about, and just think about, <laughs> I, once, I once had a, I, I used to fly a certain airline to America, and they used to have uh, the same, more or less, they used to have the same staff, because they only had like once a day a flight. And they had a lot of senior staff over there because, because everybody wanted, it was an American company, and it was the only uh, line that was so long, and I, I understood from them that they make the most money based on the mileage. <laughs> so there was a guy over there that his name was Stuart. And I used to call him Stuart the Stuart. And um, so Stuart the Stuart, I didn't know that he was Jewish. So because he didn't look that so much. So I, uh, so I once asked him for a coffee, but I wanted a good coffee. So, so basically, I told him, I want to see how you pour in the water. 
he got very offended and says, what do you think, I'm not Jewish? I'm Jewish. I grew up, I grew up going to, 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 uh, to temple. I even know why you go to temple. You go to temple to, to see who's with whom and who's wearing what. Yeah. So, so it stuck in my head what steward, the steward told me why you go to temple. Right. So sometimes, so you could be at home, you could be at home in quarantine or Rosh Hashanah and feel more God that, than some people in temple. Because, because, because that's, that's, uh, that's God is, uh, God is here. Einod Muvado, there's nothing but God. And, and, uh, and this is something that we need to figure out. This is something that we have to knock into our heads. And once we knock into our heads, that's, that's, that's when the darkness becomes light. That's when the darkness becomes light. We spoke about it also in the beginning of Elul. And we're now coming towards the end of the Elul. That to find God is not necessarily by finding illumination. It's by finding the illumination within the darkness, that we, within our own darkness. It's it's a it's to it's to illuminate those those painful parts to see to see God in the in the in the hard things that we're going through. And once you do that, that turns into illumination. And that's the celebration really of Rosh Hashanah. There's darkness in Rosh Hashanah, but then I say, God. The darkness is not for the sake of the darkness. The sake, the sake of the darkness, the reason why you're hiding from us is because you want us to seek you. I seek you. I want you. I want your essence. By the way, the word I want your essence is, is also, it's not, it's not that I want your light. So many people are into God's light. Sometimes we're so much, we're so focused. I want you, I want your essence. I want your essence. Once I want God's essence, light will follow. Because real love is when I want you, your essence, not for your smile. When, when, when two people feel that they love each other, essentially, the smiles will follow, definitely. There's a beautiful story, and with this I'm going to finish for today. It's a beautiful story that Alter Rebbe wrote to a chassid that asked for a bracha for kids. So a bracha for kids could also include anyone that needs a bracha to have a wife because it's a bit complicated to have kids without a wife. So there was a chassid that, that wrote to the Alter Rebbe that he doesn't have kids. So the Alter Rebbe wrote to him the following story. I'm not going to explain so much how it's the connection to have kid, to having kids. Maybe we'll, we will, but, but the beauty of the story, the, 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 the Alter Rebbe wrote back in a letter to that chassid, quoting a Zohar. And the Zohar says the following story. Now, once upon a time, this is most probably the most romantic story that I could think of in the whole Zohar. Not that I know the whole Zohar, but this is one of the most romantic ones, uh, I figure. The Zohar says a story about a couple that really loved each other, but they didn't have any kids. Back in the day, the custom was, because there's a mitzvah for a man to have kids, 
So if a person didn't have kids after 10 years of trying, now, nowadays there's so much uh, um, medical techniques that this halacha doesn't apply anymore. In other words, you have to ask Rav, but, but there's, there's a lot of exceptions to the rule nowadays because there's still things that could be done and so on and so forth. But back in the day, back in the day, there was um, the, the, the prevalent halacha was that after 10 years of not having kids, you have to get divorced. But what should a couple do that they really love each other and they don't want to get divorced? So they come to the holy Rav Shimon Bayerchai, the holy tzaddik, like the biggest tzaddikim of, of history, like uh, Rav Shimon Bayerchai, by us, Hasidim definitely, he goes into the category of Moshe Rabbeinu, Rav Shimon Bayerchai is the second one, then comes the Arizal, the Baal Shem Tov. These are people that revolutionized uh, Judaism and revealed a whole new dimension of death. Rav Shimon Bayerchai tells them, Listen to me. I want you to throw a party for your divorce, just like the party that you threw for your marriage. Exactly the same thing. I want you to get a hall. I want you to get the orchestra. I want you to get the whole. This is really my embellishment, obviously, right? The Zohar doesn't talk about that. By the way, did I ever share the story or not? Never. Not with this group. So he says, I want you to make a big meal for your divorce, just like your marriage. And um, so they did, before they got divorced, they threw a party, and um, at the party, there was a, a lot of lachayims. You could imagine everybody's dancing, but really everybody's very upset. They're so in love, and they really don't want to let go of each other. And, um, and, the, and the husband got really, really inebriated. So in the middle of dancing, in the middle of the whole celebration, he goes over to his wife and tells her, listen, you could take from my assets whatever you want. You could, you could, take, you, you could choose whatever you want from my assets and take it. It's yours. He continues drinking. And most probably he falls asleep or something. Then he tells his friends to take him and bring, it home, bring him home to her parents' house. The next morning, you could imagine the trauma of waking up in a hangover with a, uh, waking up in a hangover in your in-laws' house. So he asks his wife, "What happened? What am I doing over here? I don't belong over here in my in-laws' house." So she said, "You told me in the middle of the wedding that I could take whatever I want. I chose you." The story goes that after that, they had a child. What is the point of that story? The point of that story is that this couple was really in love. And they loved each other because of all their good things. Maybe he had a good sense of humor. Maybe she was a very, very warm and passionate person about things of them. Rav Shem understood in order for them to have kids, in order for their love to really have fruits she has to choose his essence not when he's all shining and smiling and and um, and and loving and warm and and uh, and um, that's not the, the point he could be inebriated on the floor
and she chooses his essence. Rabbi Shem basically says, so the Alter Rebbe tells that chassid, yeah, we have to connect to God on an essential level. We have to choose God not because he's an ATM machine, not because he gives health, wealth, um, um, children, uh, relationships, all, all those amazing things that he gives. That, that is like, that's, that's external. That's external. Choose him. Choose him. And choosing him comes when you connect to your essence. In order to connect to someone else's essence, you have to be in touch with your essence. And that is Rosh Hashanah. And therefore, Rosh Hashanah, this goes together with the idea that Rosh Hashanah, we don't see the light. And we search essence. And when we search essence and we drag down the essence, we tell him, come essence. And when you say come essence, the light follows. And then you could ask Hashem that he should shine with his full glory in the whole world. And everybody should see that he's the one that may everything that has a breath of life in his nostrils announce that God, the King of Israel, he is king and without him and besides him, nothing exists. Have a beautiful, beautiful day, everyone. See you tomorrow. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you, Rabbi. I don't know if feel better, Rabbi. I already, I don't know if it would... I already feel better. I don't know why I always forget. I have to give a class and then I feel better. Rabbi, I will tell you something that maybe it will make you feel better. Oh. I'm, on, I'm on a place of Greece that never a Jew will be there having a Hasidic class. So, because of you, we're elevating this place of the world. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Ah, I thought it was a background. <laughs> You're really there. It's not a background. It's a real place. Ah, I didn't know. Yeah, I'm really here. So why are you completely... Uh, it's very... Like, <laughs> it's a real it's, it's a lake that... Yeah, no, but there wouldn't be anyone having a Hasidic class over here. So we just elevated the place, I guess. Unbelievable. This is a beautiful lake. Hopefully one day I'll come visit that lake. And we'll learn Chassidus together on the banks of that lake. Yeah. Hey. With pleasure. <laughs> bye bye. Yeah. Uh, it's good to see that smile back. You haven't got COVID, it's fine. <laughs> People with COVID don't laugh. <laughs> you always laugh. <laughs>